I'm glad you found your way to the Your Vet Wants You to Know podcast for more information about how to care for your pet. The show is designed to be educational and entertaining, but not to give a specific diagnosis or treatment for your animal. That job belongs to your veterinarian who knows your pet and wants to talk to you about what's going on with them. I'm here to be a resource only. Thanks and enjoy the show. As a curious pet owner, have you ever taken to the internet for more information? Maybe you want to know why your pet is itchy and what you can do about it. Maybe you're frustrated about the ear infections. Maybe you're looking for ways to make veterinary care more affordable. Instead of wading through a sea of information that may not be reliable and in some cases may be harmful, here is what your vet wants you to know. I'm Dr. Brittany Lancelotti, board certified veterinary dermatology specialist. Join me to get the information you're looking for to care for your pet. If you're curious about your pet, then your vet wants you to know. Welcome everyone to today's episode of Your Vet Wants You to Know. I'm joined again today by Dr. Christine Clippen, emergency room veterinarian, in part two of our two-part series on household toxins for cats. She joined me last week and went over the first set of toxins that you should be aware of, and we'll be finishing up that episode today. So enjoy. How about other over-the-counter medications, things that people commonly have in the household just for regular coughs, colds, allergies? Why do we have to worry about these? So this kind of goes back to talking about our non-steroidal anti-inflammatories as well as Tylenol because a lot of these over-the-counter cough, cold, and allergy medications actually have some sort of pain reliever or fever reliever contained in it as well. And that's where the concern is for cats. So it's hidden in these other medications. And what would you expect to see in a cat that has taken one of these medications? So we may see an increased heart rate. We may see um, an elevated blood pressure, low red blood cell count, maybe difficulty breathing, the swollen paws, swollen face, and again, the more serious concerns of liver failure. And so just like a lot of the other medications we've talked about before, what would you recommend the pet owners do? I would recommend that we head into the emergency room so that we can hopefully make them vomit and try to get them out. There are some other plants that we have listed here as our toxin number eight, and these are plants that contain an insoluble calcium oxalate crystal. So tell us a little bit about that and why we need to be worried about these particular plants. So there are a group of plants that create these kind of insoluble calcium oxalate crystals. And what happens when a cat eats them is that it causes tingling and it causes little kind of diamond shards, if you will, at the level of the mucous membranes. And so what it looks like to a pet owner is that it, it's an irritant. And so animals will drool, animals may vomit, animals may go off of their food because of this irritant that is a natural defense mechanism of these plants. Cats are munching away on them um, and can cause some problems. And what types of plants typically will create these calcium oxalate crystals? What do pet owners need to be aware of and keep away from their cats? A lot of the easy keeper house plants that we see, so things like the peace lilies, the philodendrons, pothos, a lot of people seem to have pothos because they have wonderful foliage, can cause this upper GI and oral irritation. 
Great. And I'll make sure we put some pictures of those plants on the website so people can see exactly which plants can cause this particular type of irritation. Is this something that's as severe as, say, exposure to the lilies that we talked about earlier? Thankfully, severe symptoms are usually uncommon, and it's more of the simple, straightforward GI upset um, in these particular cases. So if the pet owner sees that the cat has started chewing on this plant and maybe they've started drooling a little bit, they're definitely uncomfortable. Is there anything that they can do at home to help relieve some of that discomfort? Yeah. So if the cat is not actively vomiting, again, you can try to dilute it by giving a little bit of watered down milk or chicken broth or even diluted canned cat food, because what this will do will help coat those mucous membranes so that they're not getting those little prickly um, sensations and hopefully help with the discomfort associated with them eating it. Perfect. It's kind of a a natural pain reliever just by coating that mouth. And definitely much safer than the other pain relievers that we talked about before. (laughs) What's another good way for pet owners to prevent the cats getting into these plants in the first place? So I always tell people, try to keep houseplants up and away from cats. You know, I have two naughty cats myself who like to knock things over when I am least suspecting it. And so do your very best um, with trying to keep the houseplants away. And then also, I think, as we said in the very beginning with some of the lilies, is just familiarize yourself with what sort of plants that you have in the home. And so if you know the names of the plants that you're bringing in, that might be good information that you are going to pass along to a veterinary professional so that they know, is this something that we need to be concerned about? Perfect. Now, I know we talked a lot about different food items um, when we talked about common household toxins for dogs. Our toxin number nine here is a food item that is particularly toxic to both dogs and cats. So tell us a little bit about onions and garlic and why we need to be careful with these around our pets. So onions, garlic, chives, and leeks, these are all part of the allium family, and it is poisonous to dogs and cats. If they've had a big dose um, or if they've had small little doses because it can be potentially cumulative as well. Garlic is considered to be about five times as toxic um, as onions for cats and dogs. And then onion in all forms, so powdered raw, cooked, or dehydrated um, can be an issue in cats. Now, I've heard this old wives' tale about garlic for preventing fleas. Is that true? And is that something that you would recommend? It is not true. (laughs) And it is definitely not recommended. I think that there are far superior products that are out on the market that will help prevent fleas and ticks. And be much safer than some of these old wives tales that are not proven to be beneficial. And in this case can actually be harmful. Correct. So what is the harm that's happening when dogs and cats ingest onions and garlic? So again, cats have a very fragile red blood cell and these types of ingestions can cause that red blood cell to break down and they can develop a condition called hemolytic anemia where those little red blood cells will pop. And when those little red blood cells pop, it can eventually lead to anemia or low red blood cell count. 
And when an animal becomes anemic and their their body's not able to carry the oxygen that it needs to the tissues, what are you going to see in the animal at that point? So symptoms may include things like vomiting, diarrhea, breathlessness. They may be lethargic. If you were to look at their gums, um, they would be real pale or white or even yellow in some particular situations. They may have an elevated respiratory rate as well as an elevated heart rate, which these are all signs of a low red blood cell count. And how soon after ingesting the onions or the garlic would you start to see these signs? That's the tricky part with them. It may take several days after your pet eats garlic um, or onions for symptoms to appear. If you know that the animal has gotten into this, what would you recommend as far as treatment? Because of the fact that they can develop signs at a very low amount, as low as 0.5% of their body weight, I would recommend having them evaluated on an emergency basis. So again, maybe we can prevent these signs from happening to decontaminate them, get it out of their system. So that's not something that we need to worry about. Perfect. Now, our last toxin here, I think this is one that people may not know about. And I think it's one that's probably become a lot more of an issue over the past decade or so. Tell me a little bit about essential oils and why we need to be careful when we use them around cats. Essential oils we use for a number of different things. Some people may want to use them as an insecticide. So to prevent mosquitoes, a lot of us may have the little diffusers um, around our home. So either the ones that make the little smoke that comes out or even like the little reeds that are in the vase of the essential oils. A lot more health conscious people are using essential oils in some of their personal care products. We're seeing it a lot more frequently than we did even 15, 20 years ago. And so why is this concerning for veterinarians and for people that have pets at home? The reason why they pose that toxic risk is that they are absorbed orally and across the skin, as well as being able to be absorbed through respiratory secretion. So again, if you have one of these little diffusers that makes the smoke, your cat may not be actively licking the stuff coming out of it, but they're breathing it in and they're absorbing it that way. And because of the way that cats are anatomically, they actually lack specific uh, essential enzymes in their livers to be able to break these down and be able to eliminate the certain toxins that are the byproducts of these essential oils. And so even without eating it, there's still a risk of this animal having uh, a toxic reaction. Which essential oils do pet owners need to be most careful of where you've seen a lot of this toxicity occurring? So the ones that I personally have seen over the years are tea tree oil, I think is probably one of the um, more common ones. People will use it as a more natural product for like acne relief, but we'll see things with wintergreen, sweet birch, citrus oil, pine oil, peppermint, cinnamon, cloves, and then eucalyptus. All of those oils have been implicated to be much more toxic in cats. 
And so if the animal has been exposed to this either through their mouth or through their skin or through inhaling it, what types of symptoms might you see? Some cats will drool or act nauseated, but I think the ones that I see a little bit more commonly with the ones that we just talked about are cats will have difficulty walking. They will actually show signs of central nervous system depression. So they may act like they're drunk. They may just be a little bit more subdued. Sometimes they may be breathing hard or have like a low heart rate. Those are usually the signs that I see in cats that have been accidentally locked in a room with one of these diffusers or something going. Do you have any advice for pet owners as far as protecting their cat from essential oil toxicity? So I think familiarizing yourself with the types of products that you're using in the home. I think that when you start to use the oils that are more of 100%, so a little bit more pure, you're going to be at a greater risk for developing signs. I would definitely try to stay away from some of the ones that we previously mentioned. And then again, if you do decide that you need to use a diffuser, not running it for you know hours on end, just enough to get whatever smell that you're looking for and then shutting it off. And if you are concerned that your pet has been exposed, airing out the area, having a window open, running a fan or something like that to help dissipate the material from the air would be the best practice. Perfect. That was a lot of toxins we went through. Very, very helpful information. And hopefully people will avoid having these situations because of the information that you've shared with them. Tell me a little bit more about what you want pet owners to take away from this episode and how they can help protect their pet at home. The key thing to remember is that cats are sneaky and they can get into things that you may not expect. Dogs don't typically climb up onto um, countertops and things like that. But that might be something that your cat may do. And so pet proofing your home by putting medications into Tupperwares um, so that you have to go through two layers to get to the medications. If you use a pill um, organizer, again, maybe putting it into a plastic bag or another Tupperware so that a cat can't inadvertently knock it off of the countertop and have it pop open so that they can eat the pills that are in. I think putting things up into the medicine cabinet or into a cupboard so a cat can even reach it um, would be the number one thing when it comes to medications. Yeah, and we talked about a lot of different medications that would be harmful for cats. So keeping those in a really safe place where the cat can't get into is going to go a long way towards preventing disasters. Uh, What about the plants? What would you recommend for pet owners there? So I think, again, you know, trying to familiarize yourself with knowing the different types of plants and flowers that are in the home. There are some great resources. So ASPCA Poison Control has a wonderful online kind of toxic and non-toxic plant finder database um, that owners can search through if they know either the scientific name or they know the um, commonplace name to double check and make sure that it's not something to be concerned with coming into the home. 
The other thing that I have done over the years, they make these fancy apps now that you can download on your phone that you can take pictures of different parts of plants and the plant finder can tell you what type of plant it is. Referring back to the free service that they have online with ASPCA's toxic and non-toxic list to know exactly, is this something that we need to be concerned about? Do you have a specific plant finder app that you like to use? I like the free ones personally. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think last I checked, there's like six or seven that are out there. And even with the ones that you end up having to pay for, it's only a couple of dollars. And if you are a secret gardener at heart, it's always a nice kind of little thing to have. But it's also really helpful in these situations where you're like, I have no idea what plant that is. Um, You can double check. (laughs) Perfect. I'll try and find some plant finder apps and link that into the show notes so people can be prepared and keep their cats safe. Um, And then I think this is worth revisiting and and kind of re-mentioning, even though we've talked about it at the beginning of the episode, is the vomiting with cats. Yes, there are a lot of well-intentioned people out on the internet that give lots of advice. And you always have to be very, very cautious with the kind of free advice that you're getting. Um, from people you don't know. But trying to induce vomiting at home with cats, especially with the use of hydrogen peroxide, is not recommended and actually can cause some pretty serious concern. So it is not something that I will ever have an owner do at home. Yeah, definitely. If you think your cat has ingested something, give a call to the ASPCA Poison Control and Pet Poison Hotline. Bring your pet into the emergency room so that the emergency doctors there can provide professional care and make sure that they are giving the safest treatments um, for your pet and give them as much information as possible so that they can make decisions quickly and be able to provide the appropriate therapy. I know many family veterinarians are comfortable managing pets who might have ingested something, but we'll also have a link to find a critical care veterinarian near you on the website under the resources page if you'd like to consult with a specialist. I'll have on the website references for today's show in the show notes so that you can see those as well as lots of different pictures of the plants um, that were mentioned. So you can kind of start there, but definitely visit the ASPCA Poison Control um, webpage, which I'll have a link to on the, the page for the show today. So you can get familiar with those plants. If your pet has ingested something, if your cat was sneaky and got into something and and you went through something that we talked about on the show today, I would encourage you to join the Facebook group and tell us about that time. Tell us what you went through with your cat so that other people can kind of gain some knowledge from that. Uh, I do like to end each episode with a segment called Scratching the Itch. And this is a short segment that will highlight something, either a human interest story, a product, a website, just something that provides relief or makes you feel good, hence scratching the itch. Uh, So Dr. Clippin, do you have a scratching the itch for our listeners today? I do. So I am uh, a cat person um, and I have two little kitties who mean the world to me. But one of the things that I sometimes get frustrated with is just the different types of toys that are out on the market. Sometimes I feel that some of the dog toys seem a lot better. And I, I'm a little frustrated with cat toys in general. 
but I've recommended this particular product since I found it about eight years ago. So that tells you how, how much I love it. But there is a specific catnip toy called the Yeow. Y-E-O-W-W-W. And I don't know what it is about these catnip toys, but it makes every single cat that I have ever given these little toys to, to just go crazy. Um, <laughs> and to the point where one of my cats, she will walk around the house with this big chili pepper in her mouth, yelling at the top of her lungs um, at two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. And oh, she, no. <laughs> she brings it to me every single morning and kind of dumps it on my pillow. And I I have no idea what's so um, special about these catnip toys, but I have owned dozens of them at this point. And if you're looking for a good catnip toy that does not lose its potency, then I would definitely check out this product. Perfect. I will have a, a link to where you can find the Yow cat toys so that your cat can wake you up at two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and you're right, dogs have the best toys. So it's nice that somebody went out of their way to find something that is irresistible to cats. Uh, so that'll be in the show notes if people want to check out something that is safe for their pet that their cat can enjoy. So thank you for that recommendation, Dr. Clippin. Of course. And thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this information about different household toxins for cats. I think this is definitely going to help people and prevent a lot of emergency room visits. So I, again, appreciate the wealth of knowledge that you shared and the time that you spent um, coming on and, and helping pet owners. Thank you very much. Of course, anytime. And for all of our listeners, I look forward to your next visit with Your Vet Wants You to Know. 